Lord God, we just come into you right now, Father. We thank you and we praise you, God. We thank you, God, that you are the one that holds us together. Only you, God, only you. God, without you, Father, we would fall apart. Everything would fall apart. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that keeps us. God, remind us, remind us daily. Help us to remember regularly that you are who holds us together, Father. When we think we've got it, when we think we're good, when we, when we say to ourselves, I, I can handle this, I can make it through this, and we really believe that we can do it all on our own, God, please continuously remind us through your Holy Spirit, gently, Father, that it's you that holds us together. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray right now that as we enter into this portion of, 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 of the service, Lord God, as we seek your word out, Father, I pray that each and every one of us, God, would turn our hearts and our minds to you. That we would turn off everything that is going on in the world, everything that is going on around us, Father, every situation. God, I, I, I just, I pray that we can absolutely, on one accord, as a body, be listening to your voice. God, speak to us. I pray that I would decrease, that you might increase in me, Father, and that your Holy Spirit would use me as a vessel. Fill me up to overflowing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Hello, if you are a first-time visitor, I am Pastor Dwayne. I'm so glad that you came to join us, whether it's here in person or on Facebook live. I hope you don't mind. I like to have a seat sometimes, <laughs> um, but it might not last long. Uh, I've been in prayer this past couple of weeks and just really seeking God. And it seems like in every turn I've been distracted by something. Um, and it's not always my own distraction. Like, it's not always about me. Um, sometimes it's about the world and this job and that job and what's going on here and what's going on there. Um, and I just, I kind of got frustrated. One day I came in to prayer, and as I left, I was, I was actually more frustrated leaving than when I came. And I was just like, God, what is going on? Like, why? I almost wanted to throw a tantrum. Have you ever, have you ever had that moment where you're just like, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? And, you know, God's like, get up, quit acting like that. I mean, that's what I do to my kids. But so I don't, I don't know if he's really doing that or not. Everybody else said, you know, Pastor Jeff was like, he's like, okay, I love you. It's all right, you know, but I would have, you know, anyways. Um, but I just was frustrated. And so I've kind of felt like that. And I told Pastor Amanda that the other day that I was just like, man, I'm just, I'm like pouty with God. Like, please, would you please? I don't know. I don't even know what I want you to do, but please. Right. And this is where this message comes from. So please understand I'm not grouchy with you. 
this is just what I heard God speak to me. And I felt I was supposed to share it. So I'm going to share it with you today. For the kiddos, we've got the little kids' kits. And Pastor Dwayne put some notes together for you. I hope you can follow them along. Somebody told me before that, that my notes are typically really easy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to turn it up a notch. So we'll see how this time goes. I got a little bonus out there for the kiddos. All right. If you get the bonus correct, you have to bring me your paper with your name on it, with the bonus, and I will make sure I get you some candy. All right. I will make sure that you get candy. Okay. So if you get the bonus right, it's all you. But you can't get no help. Don't be trying to get no help now. I know some of y'all. You, you got to look in the Bible or you got to pay attention because I'm going to say it, but you have to be paying attention, all right? And if you want kiddos, if you're like, I really want to pay attention, I don't even mind if you want to come down closer, you know, in the first couple of pews, go ahead and do that. I'm good with that. I might even come down and get a little close to you. I don't even know. You know, some of that preacher spit. Man, can I just... <laughs> See, some, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I grew up in that old school church. They'd be like, hallelujah. <laughs> and I'll be like, ma. I'm sorry. See, I'm supposed to stay serious. Ma, can we move back two rows? <clears throat> but listen to me, all right? So I'm, I'm, I told you that just it seemed like distraction everywhere. So I was at work. I was at work. I don't even know what day it was. Maybe it was I think maybe it was Thursday. And you have to understand that I've been trying to be in God's presence, if you will. I've been like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to be holier than most, right? I don't, I don't I'm, that's not even for real because I don't even know how to do that. But I was attempting to figure it out somehow. And <clears throat> so I was going into work, and our work situation right now is different. We don't have any kids at work. They let them stay home. And um, that was one of the distractions, even though you would think it wasn't. It was because I was at work, and there was no griping, no complaining, you know, no swearing, you know. And I was just like, oh, this is really nice. I'm going to take the opportunity and continue to see if I can hear God. And... I was coming in off of one of my grumpier times and the lights were out and teachers came in and things started to go. And the next thing you know, this conversation began to happen between two of my coworkers. And these two coworkers begin discussing protests, riots, insurrection, or the coup. I mean, it just depends on what perspective you're looking at it from, right? I'm going to be honest. Don't be offended. Don't judge me. I don't really care. I personally don't really care. I was in a place where I just wanted to get closer to God. Why? Because I was, I've been feeling... Just like, I, I just, uh, not as connected as I would like to be. Through all of the coronavirus and, 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 and social injustice and unrest and all of that, I begin to feel like I had like a mud sticking to me. 
I forget who it was. I think I was talking to my wife, and I just was like, I just feel icky all the time now. And I'm like, God, I'm tired of feeling that way. I don't want to feel that way anymore. Father, I just, I want to hear your voice. And here I am, and my two coworkers are just like, you know, they're debating. And honestly, it was, it was kind of educational for me because I don't follow the news very well. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know what was going on in the world until probably about 5 o'clock de- that day. Um, I received a text message from Pastor Jeff, you know, because he's way wiser than I am. And he understands that watching the news and keeping up with the news is probably something that a pastor should do. And I'm just, I'm just not that smart. And I'm, I'm really trying to grow. But he keeps me up, up to date, thank God. And so he told me that, like, he, he texted and was like, man, you know, just be praying for the world. It's just crazy. And I was like, man, I don't even know what's going on. My wife enters the kitchen, and she's like, oh, you didn't hear? Like, they're attacking the capital city. And I'm like, what? Who? It's people. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went to go check into it. And again, I just was like, you know, you ever get that moment? He's like, are you serious? You know, like, what are you doing? And in some situations, I get it. But I was, I was a little frustrated. But I wasn't, again, I wasn't frustrated at what was going on in the world so much. I was just frustrated because I'm like, Lord, it's just another thing to pull my attention from you. Because I get that this is a serious thing. And I'm supposed to be a good pastor who can pastor the people and, and help them through situations. But I feel like I'm spending more time looking at what's going on here so that I can keep up with them instead of being with you. And I feel like God spoke to me and said, no, no, no. You're doing just fine. You stay over here with me. You stay at my feet and, and, and let me worry about this over here. And it hit me. Dwayne. There's absolutely no reason for you to get caught up in the things that are going on in this world. Because guess what? I have things in my own life that I'm losing sleep over. I have my own struggles that, watch this, that I actually have the power to change. And I'm still struggling with them. I'm still having issues with them. So why am I going to why am I going to allow myself to struggle with this? I'm like all I can do is pray. I struggle to pray and give my own stuff to God. Hear me. This is me talking to you. I'm being transparent. I have my own things going on in my life that I want to change, that I can change, but I'm like, I need to ask God to show me the best way. I need to find out, is, it, is, it, is, it, is this the way? Do I do I do or do I not do? 
Is the answer yes or is the answer no? Nobody, any, anybody here like that? Like constantly kind of like, God, what am I supposed to do? What, how's it? Yeah, okay, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm glad it's not just me. I was feeling a little alone there because, you know, I would hate to live in a world where everybody else is perfect and I'm not. That would kind of suck, right? I have these things going on and I'm asking God for, for the answers. And I don't know if I'm not hearing him or, or if I am hearing him. But the point is, is that I have the power to change these situations and I'm still struggling. So why? My question is, why is it so hard for people to simply pray and give to God the things they have absolutely no control over? Kids, if you're listening, you need to pay attention right here. See, because one day you're going to grow up and you're going to fight and struggle over things you absolutely have no control over. But then the things that you do have control over, you're still going to fight and struggle with. So why not focus on the things that you actually can control and completely let go of the things that you cannot control? The things you completely cannot control. And then I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to take it one more step further. The things in your life that you're struggling with, you can let those go too. You can pray about those and let them go as well. But I know that's a little bit more pressing for Pastor Dwayne to ask you to do that. I know I would look at somebody crazy if they told me that, right? Just, just pray and give it to God. Don't you hate when people say that? But it's true, though. So I'm not going to ask you to do that in your personal lives because I understand how difficult that is, even though it's wisdom. But I am going to tell you that it is common sense that when you cannot control what's going on there in the capital city, to pray and let it go. There are so many things that God has given us that are in our control. Things that we can actually have an effect on. And those things we've taken and put on the slow burner. I didn't say you ignored them. But just to occasionally just occasionally to give them attention, you know. It's like those spaghetti noodles, let them boil and then simmer and then occasionally stir them. And it's, it's these things, things like, I'm going to sit down for this part. Things like the needs of the poor and widows. The needs of the poor and widows. These are the things that God has given us to actually have an effect on. The numbers of lives that need discipled. 
How about the introduction of Jesus Christ to our neighbors and our friends? Kiddos, listen up. How about the spiritual lives of our families, ourselves? I'm not talking about who's saved and who's not saved. I'm not talking about that. Hear me. I am not talking, right, because Pastor Wayne's supposed to be out there getting people saved. Wrong. You're not going to tell me that. That's not my job. If you have a problem, that's fine. We can talk later. My answer's not going to change. It's not my job to get anybody saved. It's not my job to save anybody. It's not your job to save anybody. What God has given us, the things that I'm talking about are, have they heard of Jesus? Have they simply heard of Jesus? Have they experienced the practical love of Jesus? Practical love, you say, Dwayne. What is, what is that? I don't know. Like, have you ever just showed up and knocked on somebody's door with something they like? I mean, it doesn't have to be the pastor, although I do like that. But listen, <laughs> stay on test. Stop it, Olahana. Listen to me. Though me and Pastor Jeff love a, a good gift, a show of honor, well, yes, we appreciate, appreciate that. Pastor Chancey, kiddos, him and Holly bringing a little gift. I, we love that. But what if we did it all the time for one another? How about for some people we don't even really know that well? Practical love of Jesus Christ. Have they had the opportunity to see how Jesus walked up close? Have the people around you had the opportunity to see how Jesus Christ walked up close? Pastor Dwayne, I, I don't really know what you mean there. How, how would I do that? I, I don't have control over that. But don't you? Don't we all? Remember a while ago, I'm about to bring it up. Remember a while ago, back in the 90s, that nice little bracelet that I'm sure we all had 10 of on? I know PJ was rocking them like heavy. That's when he was on stage like, yeah! you know what I'm saying? But what would Jesus do? That's what we were all chanting. What would Jesus do? Because it was cool. But the truth is, is the purpose in that was to say we should be living a life so that people can see what Jesus would do. Hence the question, what would Jesus do? So that we could do it. So the things that God has given to us and put in our control, we've set on the back burner. I say we because I'm right there with you. 
I, talk, I, I thought to myself, you know, I had a little story I was going to tell. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell that story. I've told it before. And I don't want to be that guy. But even more, I was like, why don't I have a new one? I had a fabulous moment where I'm standing in a parking lot with five unsaved guys. One of which said he knew Jesus, but had turned away. One who had came to me in my truck while I was working, packing packages to ask me about Jesus. That, that's ministry. I remember thinking to myself when I was on stage pastoring one time, I said, God, this is for the birds. Put me back in that parking lot at three o'clock in the morning with seven dudes standing around me. I know I said five, but you know what's crazy? One more walked up. Then another one walked up because work was letting out and they wanted to know what was going on over here with the fellas. And guess what? When they walked up, they never walked away until we were done talking. And in the midst of that, do you know that a majority of the talking that was going on was not coming from Pastor Dwayne? Though I had some things to say, it was that guy who knew Jesus and had turned away. And he felt it so imperative to tell these men that didn't know Jesus that he's real. And I'm an idiot because I turned away from him. And you know what he was feeling? The same thing that I'm feeling now. Because he realizes it's God who holds us together. Have they had the opportunity to see how Jesus walks up close? To know how it's done. How do you do this? Well, let me tell you. Jesus. How does things seem to just kind of work out for you? I've got a good answer for that. Jesus. So you mean you got through almost divorce because of Jesus? Yes. Now you're getting it. How does Jesus help you get a job when you don't have one? Well, Back in 2010, this is how he did it. I mean, maybe I'm the only one that's got a testimony since I'm not perfect. But it says in the word, right, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our, yep, that's right, our testimony. And then, have they seen what a healthy relationship looks like with the Father through the Son? I didn't say a perfect relationship. I said a healthy relationship. Me and my wife's relationship is far from perfect, but I would like to think that it's healthy. 
So your relationship with Jesus Christ might not be perfect, but see, healthy looks a certain way. And that's another message I'll let Pastor Jeff teach that. Let me share just one of the many harsh realities God has shared with me over the last week in his word. You're going to want to strap in for this one. I'm going to get a little animated. If you go with me to Luke chapter 13, verse 23 through 35 in the message, I'll give you a chance to get there if you're not. If you don't have your Bibles, you don't have your electronic devices, we'll also have it on the screen behind me. Before I get started, let me just put you in the scene so that you can understand. Jesus has now been going to and fro, doing the ministry of God. He's been healing the sick, setting free those in bondage. He's been absolutely uprooting and causing havoc in the world around him by simply doing God's work. Can I just side note, that just does something inside of me. I'm like, Jesus, how do you do that? I'm not, I'm not a protester, but God, I don't mind, I don't mind being a little sandpaper every once in a while. The high grade, rough stuff. I don't mind causing a little upheaval. I don't mind that. And if I can do that just by simply doing the work of the kingdom, then Father, let me just really point me in the right direction and show me how I can do it. But anyways, this is what he's doing. He's going about his work and, and he's got these people, church folk, who are like in his face. The things of the world are going crazy around him because he said it that way. He's just trying to do the work of his father. But in the midst of doing that, he, I, I think and this might just be me, but I feel like he was beginning to get a little frustrated at the constant nagging of the church folk. And this is, I'm not getting on you, but I'm talking about the church as a whole. Things are happening, things are going on, and we're struggling with the wrong things. Our minds are focused on the wrong things. I don't have it all right. I don't know exactly how to separate this from that. I'm working hard to figure it out, I promise. But I keep getting distracted. Anyways, Jesus, I feel, is in the same kind of mode, but he is the son of God, though. 
And he understands better than I do, I think, the authority that he has. So when a bystander says to him, follow along with me, Master, will only a few be saved? He said, whether few or many is none of your business. Put your mind on your life with God. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires your total attention. I'm going to read that one more time for the kiddos, right? Put your mind, your life with God, the way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires your total attention. A lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. I've been here. I've got a seat with my name on it. <laughs> well, one day you're going to be banging on the door, wanting to get in, but you'll find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on the guest list. You'll protest. But we've known you all our lives. Only to be interrupted with his abrupt. Your kind of knowing can hardly be called knowing. You don't know the first thing about me. That's when you'll find yourself out in the cold. Strangers to grace. Strangers to grace. I don't even, I don't even, I can't, I can't even comprehend that. Strangers to grace. We're all here now because of it. So to not know it. You will watch Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets march into God's kingdom. Paul's right there. I ask myself, God, why? Why, why them? They were great. He said, were they though? They were liars. They were cheaters. Manipulators even. Very de highly deceptive. And I was like, oh. Right. And just when I was about to ask the question, then why, right? Like, no lie. In my mind, I was like, well, then. And he was like, and I heard it so clear in my voice. He said, they, think about them and their relationship with me. What did I call them? Well, how does Hebrew, Hebrews describe them? And I was like, <laughs> I see. I see what it's about. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to go into your word and you have to look, search it out. Try to figure out how it is that these deceptive, lying, cheating men managed to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Go look. In Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 11 even, it talks about these men and how they managed to make it in despite the ugliness that lived inside of them. 
going back in. He said, you will watch Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets march into God's kingdom. Not because they're prophets. You'll watch outsiders stream in from east, west, north, and south and sit down at the table of God's kingdom. And all the time you'll be outside looking in and wondering what happened. Listen up, kiddos. This is the great reversal. The last in line put at the head of the line and the so-called first ending up last. Just then, some Pharisees came up and said, now wait, this is in the midst of Jesus going on a rant and I feel like he was giving it to him, right? He was giving it to him. I think that one of the Pharisees came up just to, just to be interrupting, right? Because I believe that the Pharisees that came up to, to say this to him were the very Pharisees, and I'm just guessing, I don't know for sure, but I bet they were the very Pharisees that were going to be setting him up later. And they wanted him to shut up. They wanted him to stop ripping them to shreds. They ran up and they said, Run, run for your life. Herod's on the hunt. He's out to kill you. We care. We don't want to see you die. No, shut up. Go somewhere else. And Jesus being who he is, he said, tell that fox I have no time for him right now. Today and tomorrow, I'm busy cleaning out the demons and healing the sick. The third day, I'm wrapping things up. Besides, it's not proper. Watch, I love this. I can hear the sarcasm. Besides, it's not proper for a prophet to come to a bad end outside of Jerusalem. No, see, see, that's the, let, me, let me let him tell you. Jerusalem, killer of prophets. That's how I know he was being sarcastic, right? He like, I mean, they not going, you know, why would they ever let a prophet live in here? They, you know, like, no. No, he knew what was going on. He knew exactly what was going on. He said, Jerusalem, killer of prophets, abuser of the messengers of God. How often I've longed to gather your children, gather your children like a hen, her brood safe under her wings, but you refused and turned away. And now it's too late. You won't see me again until the day you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of God. Listen, this is where I'm going to close. Instead of concerning ourselves with this world and its petty squabbles, we should be living lives unaffected by these things. We should be living lives unaffected by these things. Not because we haven't lost loved ones or our paychecks will suffer due to our cuts or maybe some tax, 
or not even, not, you know, our nation appears to, to be weakened or in a state of such. Or maybe even a little embarrassing in some ways. Not because we're, I'm not saying that because we're not experiencing these things. But I said unaffected. But because we have found the unexplainable peace of God. And we are far too busy being about our father's business. Are you going to be busy with the drama being played out in our world? Popcorn in hand, yelling at the TV like it's a noonday soap opera. That could be canceled any day. Or will you find yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus, seeking his face this day about your eternal status at judgment day. I am far from perfect and and this might all sound really amazing but the only reason it sounds any kind of good if it does is because Jesus gave it to me. Because I was praying hard. And see, I might share the other things that God spoke to me in his scripture. I was praying hard to be able to do what Jesus did. Right? Because that's what the word says. The Lord said that we would do greater things than these. And sometimes I find myself like, God, where's the greater things than these? And just as quick, he looks at me and says, where's your focus? And just like a kid, I come back and I have an excuse and I'm like, but God, how am I supposed to do this, man? Can I be real with you? How am I just supposed to run a church and, and see it grow and, and, and minister to the people? And, and how are we supposed to make everybody happy? How are we supposed to make, make sure the music is, 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 is felt, but not you lose the focus and the purpose of doing it? How are we supposed to preach a good message, but then not keep the people too long? How are we supposed to let you flow, God, and do whatever it is you want to do, but then not seem like we don't care about what people have going on in their lives? How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to make it here? But it's like we're on a slippery slope. And the enemy's always tugging at our, our bootstraps. And he just was like, 
He didn't come back with nice words. He did not come back with nice words. So I'm going to tell you, I don't got the answers. But when I kept reading, I was like, all right. God, you give me the wisdom to lead your people. You show us what to do. Because it's your church. And all that other stuff, <laughs> I don't even pretend to know that. And that's when I got peace. That's when I was able to sit down and write this message and send it off. For a week straight, and it's been like this, and it's frustrating. And please understand that y'all ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm just sharing so that y'all can understand that this is what it looks like. Not up here. This is what real life looks like. And sometimes we can't see real life when we're in the midst of our own because we feel like our problems are bigger than everybody else's. Just get at his feet. Just get at his feet. And that's when you're going to see change. And it might not be the change that you want to see, or you thought you was going, no, no, let me switch that. It might not be the change that you thought you wanted to see, but it's going to be the change that you want to see. It may not look the way you want it to look, but it will be what it's supposed to be. And the longer you rest in that, that's when we become overcomers. That's when we start soaring with wings like eagles. That's when we start doing the work of the ministry unfeathered by this world. Now, there may be some of you guys that are like, I don't even get that. I don't even understand. Well, here it is. I'm going to put it to you like this and you do what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, I might be a little judgmental. I might be a little judgmental. Lord, forgive me now. I might be. But if any of this hits home for you and you trying to figure some things out, we got an altar right here. And I understand that some of you may think to yourself, I don't have to go to the altar. No, you don't have to go to the altar. But you know, sometimes at the altar, ain't nobody else up here thinking about what you're doing because they know you're up there for a purpose. And that purpose is to seek God. And if they are worried about why you're up here, shame on them because they just got caught up in everything that I just preached about. But I'm telling you right now, sometimes you got to get alone with God. You got to get into a place that you are secure in your thoughts and you can just be you. And though everybody can see you at this point in this place right here, see the altar has been made something sacred. Not by me, not by man, but God. And all it is, listen to me, all it is is something that he said, here is a place that I'm going to call holy. Here is a place that I'm going to say, take off your shoes and sit with me for a minute. So I'm going to say to you, 
up to the altar. I want to pray with you. I'm going to go even one step further. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that in this moment, I've been called for such a time as this. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for whatever God desires for you. And I want you to, to leave all the other stuff there at your seat. Hopefully you left it outside already. But I want you to just come on up here and I want you to, even if, if, if you don't want me to pray, I don't have to pray for you. But really talk to God. Talk to God. Pour out your feelings. What's going on? Well, Pastor Dwayne, I can do that at home. You can. Again, I'm not going to force you to do anything. But are you going to do it at home? Are you going to get by yourself? Are you going to talk to God? And not only that, yeah, I'm pushing. I'm pushing today. I'm pushing today. Because guess what? How do they know? How does anybody know unless they see? Sometimes it takes to see. I didn't already did the, the hearing part, right? How do they know unless they hear, right? I already did the hearing. Sometimes they have to see. Wait a second, so-and-so went up to the altar. I'm gonna go, I'm going to the altar. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus went and bowed down. Jesus, the son of God, went and bowed down and he began to pray to his father with tears, sweat, and blood coming out of him. This is the time the altar is open. But do me a favor, if you're not going to come, bow your heads just for a second. You know, because I, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus, if there's anybody in here that does not know Jesus, you're struggling. You've been living in a shell that appears to be Christian, but you're not really saved from anything. If that's you, go ahead and, and please show me by raising your hand. God bless you. The altar is open. I'm going to put this mic down and I'm going to begin to pray for some people. Pastor Jeff, will you join me? I know we could call up a hundred other people to come and pray with us, but I'm just, me and Pastor Jeff are going to pray for the people up here at this altar, one by one. So if you came to this altar, please, I want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Other than that, please be in a, in a state of prayer. Or if you're ready to go, then go ahead and please go ahead and leave. But I am not going to ask you. I am going to tell you, exit the room if you want to talk. I don't care who you are. Exit the room if you would like to discuss and have a conversation. Because right now, this is holy ground.